Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. As, as the night went on, shit got better. Sometimes <laughs> when they're too hands-on, they like overcompensate, like yeah. turning monitors off and on too much, or turning like that kind of thing. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's it, and also just a little bit of weed and another yeah. drink helps. <laughs> and then you're like, oh shit! It's like all of a sudden you're like playing the room, you know? Mm-hmm. What I mean? Instead of like like trying to like get your shit across, and you know, instead you. All of a sudden, just like everything, like you're you're not just playing your guitar and singing, you're like playing a space in between your mm-hmm. the microphone and and the the way you hit the guitar and you're playing the room, you know. It's like surfing. It's, it's like, like surfing. Too much effort. Yeah. You know, sometimes gets in your own way. Exactly. Like you fucking Finding suck. The flow. Yeah. You <laughs> and then all of a sudden, well, you you're like too, too much in your head and yeah. not not in everything, not in the soul of it, or you not. Can't letting. control it all. On yeah. The way too. yeah. And then sometimes you just like get out and just flowing, and you're just getting every wave, and you're in sync with the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But thanks for coming. Yeah, man. Do you want to put? Uh, a, yeah, I guess it will. Kind of helps. Does it? Okay. Well, yeah, like okay. play in the room. Yeah. Like, what do you got in your nose? Oh, I, I just blew my nose. I have a nosebleed. <laughs> That's a great look. Seeing <laughs> shit. I told him I got an eight ball. He said okay, I have an eight ball. What did you do after the show last night? I wish it's I like ran into you, man. <laughs> Two minutes ago. Sorry. Man. How are you feeling? Yep. You have good night? Pretty good. Yeah, I like didn't sleep that much. Okay. You have a late early. night? Not that late. I mean, I don't. I'm on I'm on the sober terrain okay. right now. Uh, I don't drink or do anything. I just have CBD and oh, uh, okay, cool. And caffeine is my thing. Okay, you know. Yeah. But so so it's pretty good. Been doing good, but you know, just up late, going down rabbit holes. Like going out to spots and stuff like that. No, 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 no. The, <laughs> I just went to your Let me spot for, for, and then vicariously uh, through you. <laughs> yeah, I was bleeding all over the place. No, no, I'm on like uh, you know getting up early, going on runs, going to yoga oh, classes again. I'm on that. Oh, that's great. That, that trip. Uh, I'm on like um, <laughs> making sure you're getting yelled at by my wife after the show is. Who's now my like road manager and, oh, the, yeah. and our baby? It's like every every show starts the same way and then it ends uh, with me getting yelled at because you know wifey's ready to go home and because we have a one year old right <laughs> that's at the show too. That's a, so, is, is it your first? I was kid? like yeah, this is like our first time back in New York City and I was like. We're going out after the show. She's like, "You're going fucking home." So I was like, "All right, right. cool." We're Sounds going familiar. Home. <laughs> we're going. We did. We went home. <laughs> I ordered a cheeseburger. Yeah, I, you got to pick your battle. I've had nights like that at City Winery though too. Like, where it's like I have not been on the sober thing and I've partied my ass off. Okay. There too, so I get that part too, and not that long ago either. But uh, so, is this your first kid, or is this is this new? no? Um, actually. So Kelsey, my wife, she's pregnant with our third kid. Wow! And so we have, so I have a 19-year-old, wow. Aiden, who's um, who's living with us right now. And then I have, we have a five-year-old, Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's up with my parents right now, and at the Cape. And then, uh, and then 
little Garrett, who's one, who's with us, and mm-hmm. then she's pregnant. She's due in July, so we got a little COVID baby. Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. They're all, and, and we know the baby's gonna be a boy too. Another Ju- one. <laughs> Ju- July when? Uh, July eighth. Wow. Is that your? What's your birthday? September 20th. Okay. <laughs> Close. Hey. I'm June 5th. Okay. Closer to hey. my, my kid. So it's, it's a little boy coming? L- another boy, yeah. Wow. This guy. My wife. Straight I, she, boys, my, huh? Yeah, my wife's like super positive person, but like when we found out we were going to have another boy, it was a struggle for her because we, we both wanted to grow. But, um, you know, it's, I'm, we're, we're over the moon. I'm over the moon still, but she was... She got a little depressed just after finding out we're going to have another boy because she won't really want to have a girl. So right. It was, and she kind of, it was, it was a struggle, but, you know, now we're, we're good and we're ready for, ready for the baby. So. Yeah. How do you like being a father? Oh, man, it's, it was, um, it's great, man. Um, father again. Yeah. After 19 years. Yeah. Well, just well, a father in yeah, general. Star, How yeah. do you like being a father? No, yeah. I, it's the greatest thing ever. Like when, yeah. when Aiden, my first son, was born, uh, you know, that was just, kind of put every all my I found it was like a real consolidator like uh you know help me kind of really focus in on on um on life and and my music and um you know I think you spend a lot of your early like kind of coming of age years kind of wondering you know who who am I how do I fit in and mm-hmm. you know what's the world all about and then you know when, when you have a kid it's like you know you, you because of the fact <laughs> You know, you're forced to stop thinking about yourself, mm-hmm. thinking about this this little uh, human coming into the world. It really helps you to actually focus on what you need to do uh, to be your best. So yeah, it, that that mm-hmm. part of it's been wonderful, and and then just the love. You know, just the there's nothing like the love that you know that that unconditional love that Which, you uh, have with your child. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess it makes you. It makes you. Uh, yeah, you're not the most important person in the wor- your own world anymore. Right, and, and it focuses you on becoming a provider. I've heard they yeah, come with their right. own money. That, wait, what? They come. Really? They come. Yeah. Because I just found out you give them well, you, all mine. <laughs> well, you just said that though, in a in a matter of speaking though, because like it, it basically it, it it motivates you in on another level. Hence, they come with their own money because you become better at making money. Okay, yeah, no, to, that to compensate. Exactly, I think yes. is, no, is I how think, I take that. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I well, you know, to your point, um, yeah. when when things didn't work out with Aiden's mother and we split, uh, I I I kind of made a pact to myself. I was like, well, look, you know, because that that was a really tough thing. Like, it's hard if, if being like a breakup is bad, but when you break up with a kid, yeah, and then you have if the courts get involved, blah, blah. And then you got people telling you when you when when and how and how much it's going to be to see your kid. Mm. And um, But I just made a pact to myself. I was like, whenever I don't have Aiden, I'm going to grind. I'm going to work. And, and that's what I did for, you mm. know, 15, 15 years. Just like, psh. Yeah. And, uh, and it also kind of, and also too, I was like, all right, whenever I don't have Aiden and I'm not working, I'm gonna come down to New York City and party, uh, you know what I mean? But like, no, but socialize, but socializing it kind of, well, yeah, it in just, a weird way, it made me kind of like want to when I didn't have the responsibility of being a dad because I never really went out. I started going out more, mm-hmm. but that led to like other relationships and 
maximize you, every aspect yes, of your life. That's basically. right. Yes, thank you. E- even <laughs> yes. even the partying aspect. That's right. Even yeah. the good time aspects. Yeah. Like don't don't waste no. any opportunity right. because every moment is. Counts. Thank you. Yes, yeah, I feel that. Can I take you with me and you tell me what I'm trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. The interpreter. <laughs> what uh, Garrett was trying to say here is that <laughs> I would still be like rambling around in a circle and oh, trying yeah. to get to the fucking point, man. <laughs> That's cool. So, okay, so how long were you guys? Uh, we, and we'll go other places, but how long were you? Are we going to start the podcast? Yeah, yeah, we've started. <laughs> no, <it>. I know. <laughs> how long were you? Um, in the relationship when when you split up with that because that is a tough thing to deal with when when you have a kid and how old was uh how old was uh aiden then aiden was like two and a half okay and no 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 i'm sorry he was just before he turned two Uh uh-huh and we and his mother and i had been together for you know three years before he he was born born so we were together about five or six years okay and um and yeah, long story short, you know, yeah. It, yeah, it we don't have worked. to go into Yeah, that. we don't have to go into it. It's all good now. I, I'm sure it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's and I don't mean to like, <laughs> I'm not right. trying to dig dig for nah, dirt or something. Nah, nah, I'm nah. just literally, <laughs> no, I'm just literally curious, yeah. just out of curiosity, asking for a friend. Yeah. No, like, oh, yeah. Like, well. like, how did you deal with that whole thing? Like, you know, like, did it, and it, it worked out fine, obviously, but like. Well, I mean, you know, I kind of touched on it, but yeah. I mean. It's complicated. Well, no, I mean, just paying child support sucks, right? You know, and that's like a and and again, like I said, like the uh, the toughest part about breaking up when you have kids is, uh, and we weren't married, so I don't know about the alimony thing, right, right. But and that's got to really fucking suck. But yeah. you know, paying paying money uh, that you can't control, mm-hmm. that's hard. So stress, the additional best, stress. Yeah, the best thing you can do if anyone's going through that is to take your emotional side out of it. Okay. As soon as you can, because you can never worry about like, oh, well, I'm paying her this amount of money. And well, how could, what's all that money going to, or is her new boyfriend drinking the milk that's right. for my kid? <laughs> no, <laughs> bro, that's honestly, <laughs> you're hitting the point oh, I was yeah. actually I mean, asking about. Well, like, yeah. I mean, like that's, that's the, that hard, that's the thing will drive that's you crazy. Easy. So, that's hard. That's so, the hardest thing ever. But you is I, that is this dude around my kid? Like, is he right. wiping my kid's ass? Literally, right, right, right. <laughs> Probably is. You know, I mean, yeah. the kid needs his ass wiped. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, that's a hard thing. And um, again, like, I mean, uh, Aiden's stepfather is, is a professional musician, Will Daly, and he and I are brothers. I mean, we're great friends. That's oh, amazing. that's that's and nice. He's put so much love into Aiden's life. You know, Aiden's a young man now. Yeah. But still, we still talk like you know uh, about uh aiden's you know because it's will's son too you know and you know what's wild is it actually because like okay it focused you professionally it focused your party skills and it also (laughs) sounds like it focused your spirituality like to be able to arrive at this place where you can go like okay let me get my emotional self out of this and it and it figured out a way for you to psychologically deal with all this thing which grew you yeah and again, this is man. I'm I'm past it now. Cause, right. Uh, yeah. And when Aiden turned 18 and child support was done, yeah, we were like, Hallelujah! <laughs> like, I was like, I'm gonna get a Tesla and name it Aiden. No, I, I we, no, we, no, no, we didn't actually get a Tesla. That's funny, dude. And somehow, like you know, of course, do <laughs> you know how finances not are? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You got a Tesla coming. I got one coming, man. Come on, we both do. We both do. Hell yeah! All three of us do. <laughs> Come on, man. All right. Yeah, no, but you know, no, I mean, say, what are you gonna do? It's like. Uh, 
all of a sudden that money opens up and you think, oh, what are we going to do with all this money? But then you're like, right. damn, I thought we had more money. What yeah. happened? <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. I, I can you tell s- you what to do with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, put just, put it in <laughs> cryptocurrency. Oh, no, exactly. Bitcoin. Yo, Ethereum. Oh, I'm with it, man. <laughs> so, okay, so you grew up in Philly, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And did you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a, a younger sister, Jamie, mm-hmm. and she's like my my older sister. She's way more mature than me. Okay. Well, that makes but actually, sense. She, she, uh, she works in the wine industry, and uh, she worked with, it, with a guy named Daniel Jonas here in New York. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they throw a really big event called La Pole. And La Fette. So these are two big wine mm. burgundy events. And then La Fette's a champagne event. Hmm. Uh, but a lot of stuff. Did you talk to Michael Dorff about that at City Winery? It's like he must know about all that stuff. No, but I did leave with a couple of cases. No, of we heard all about off. it. Oh, yeah. you did? Oh, yeah. We're inside. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're trying we're, to get we're a couple the... cases for free, but we. No, we but heard like, all about it. Oh, what did you hear? Oh, we heard you were trying to get a couple <laughs> okay. cases for free. Dude, like these walls, of the I walls am, have man. ears, the dude, and people talk to us, man. We're like, <laughs> okay. you know, we're insiders <laughs> there. Well, we heard all the Long story short, we're happy to get a couple cases for half off and uh because i said i said well, okay can we get a couple <laughs> cases of one she goes well there's some one right there I said, well there was two bottles of one i said no a couple yeah. cases to go right and she goes well okay let me let me look in that and then so kelsey i'm like getting ready to go and said you find out about the wine what's up with the wine what's up with the wine uh, that's why then, the first show sucked you didn't get an <laughs> no, answer yet on the true, wine <laughs> no but uh, really, that's like four hundred dollars worth of wine well i know so, look we got is there no so, good wine out on the cape no there is but hey now we can <laughs> hey, be in new york like, and hey, enjoy the give me a cake out of joy in our city winery memories right now do your signature bottle oh yeah well actually Actually, I have. Um, I'm sure you have, right? I have John Hammond's signature bottle. Uh, or did we drink that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I. You could refill that one. Yeah. Well, I have. Yeah, I have. Uh, John John Hammond had a signature bottle. Actually, the first time we went to the City Winery was to uh, go see his show, and so of course I had to buy the bottle of John Hammond one and get him to sign it. But yeah, I forgot we should have asked him to do I, that. They but. gave me a signature series. Oh, I, have, I have a really? signature series right now. Nice. Currently. Sweet. Currently. Well, I would have requested a bottle, a case of that. Mine is nice. Okay. Oh, mine is nice. It's a Pinot Noir. Oh, no way, really? My artwork's is this all, your artwork? Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. My artwork's over at, uh, uh, there's a big art show at City Winery right now. Upstairs. Oh, no, sure. Are you Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Tons of it's awesome, man. Yeah. Sweet. So, um, so your sister was she a musician as well, or was you're a musical family, or no? What, what's the origin of your music and stuff, or what? Tell me about your young life. Yeah, no, uh, not a musical family. Uh, although my mother had a really small but a formative record collection, um, and I discovered I was like one of the kids, that, one of the kind of kids that went through all my parents' shit constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, same here. The amount of time that like I, we spent alone as kids, like when we were growing up. Is, is unbelievable to think about where society is now because you know like yeah. we live in center city in philly which is nice and um but you know like i was walking you know whatever the eight blocks to and from school you know since i was like you know seven years or six or seven years old like i had my key mm-hmm. to the house <laughs> i mean if you saw like a six or seven year old walking down the street anywhere you'd be like oh my god are you i mean this is how it was yeah. back in the 70s and 80s yeah. but everybody has to but anyhow yeah but i i would so I was 
alone a lot in the house and i would just be rummaging through the shit wherever did you find their drugs too like i, I did i, no, I, I did find like <laughs> I, I found like a plate with some white powder on it and, i found uh, some i of remember that. it tasted bitter <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> but yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah. what it was man <laughs> i think it was just off sugar there was nothing <laughs> to do but <laughs> rummage through but hey, listen exactly. it was the 70s and the 80s yeah, it's like that that was fuck? like you know <laughs> but the, the record collection was great with Dr. John in the right place, uh, the White Album, uh, Donovan's greatest hits, uh-huh. um, like the Donovan, not my homie, the Donovan from the '60s, um, fucking Bob Marley, Rossman Vibrations, uh, Willie and Waylon, John Denver, Carol King, nice um, tapestry. Uh, no, like but the uh, oh yeah, like uh, <laughs> like uh, um, the the. What was a George Harrison concert concert for Bangladesh? Yeah, I had that, that uh, one. Four, yeah. four LPs. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. That, with the yeah. booklet. Yeah, my dad had that. So like these <laughs> records, kind of, um, especially and especially and also Bob Dylan's volume, Grace Hits Volume One. Yeah. So these records really kind of shaped who you are. Yeah, really. Yeah. And uh, I, like for instance, um, I'll never forget that first time you put on a dr john record and uh-huh. that clav comes in on in the right place yeah. i mean and, and as a little kid it's like scary sound yeah you know what i mean yeah right. isn't it wild the way music yeah. hits you emotionally yeah. when you're that young yeah. it like hits you so yeah. hard yeah it's like wow yeah it's, you can't believe it my parents had jim croce and the four tops okay but it was enough. The four tops was enough. I was just like, "What the? What Man. the hell is this?" This like, <laughs> it made me want to do that. I yeah. was like, "I need to do that. Like, I need to make some somebody else feel the way that's making me feel." Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just a subconscious. Um, yeah, it, it, it's like a subconscious thing. It comes in. You're, it comes in you like a and you're like a sponge, and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it calls to some of us. Yeah, it it, on it some does. Other it's, level. Yeah, on like uh, some need. It it kicks in a need on some of us. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's weird that. And then I, and then I, I don't know. Yeah, like what, what? I don't even know like why I started writing songs. Uh huh. Because I started writing songs when I was like you know fifteen. Yeah. And I don't even you know because you know when we were kids there was no like YouTube or there was no concept like trying to like mm-hmm. be a, like on there's mtv right it right. was so big yeah. that it was so untouchable so it wasn't like it was kids gonna, these days like they could be like oh you know i'm gonna get a record deal like actually i i there's a yeah. i did songwriting sessions with this kid who's 13 his, his name is noah gibney and mm-hmm. uh you know, he he just he's 13 years old yeah. he just put it he's putting out a record like he's got right. cds made he's like yeah He's like, how can I promote this? I'm like, I don't know. You're 13. Like, yeah, and he probably knows better than you how he can promote it. Exactly. And he's really talented. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying when we were a kid, it was like, you know, there was you're not going to make a record. If you want to write no. a song, it's like. It was for it was the a, future. Well, no, it was just like a, it was like a passion. It right. was like, I'm not writing a song for any kind of like yeah. trying to make success or yeah. like trying to make money or. Mm. Or how's this going to help my career? It's it like wasn't you're writing as accessible. It, well, it I wasn't accessible. I composed young as well. You Not did even so. Yeah, but like I had this. Animal. Why? Why did you do it, it? Well, just yeah, the whole thing you're talking about, just this weird internal expression. Thing. But I did have right? like in the future, I will be a famous composer. Dreams, <laughs> but it was. Like, I did. I did have that too. Yeah, it was in the future though. It was like yeah. what you're talking about now is you got this 13 year old, and it's like it's now. It's now. It's right. now, and he's probably really. I, I mean, yeah, young kids can. 
be talented as hell. Look at Rimbaud. I mean, the guy wrote the best poetry in the world at 17. It's oh. like, you know, I mean. That, uh, that's Bob Dylan says him in Arthur the, Rimbaud, yeah. What song does he say? Yeah, Rimbaud, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like Verlaine and Rimbaud, that that reference. I you know? feel like Verlaine and Rimbaud. Rimbaud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> you're going to make me lonesome when, when I go. I, yeah, nice. Oh, man. <laughs> Got it. Because I, I, don't, I, ne- I, I never read one of his poems. I'm going to have to read it now. Oh, bro, you, you'll love it. it oh. It'll blow your mind. Okay. It'll blow your mind because uh, particularly... Uh, the fact that he was a kid. I mean, he was 16, 17. I guess he was like 17 when he like wrote, uh, what's it called? Rimbaud, uh, I forget, uh, Illumination or something. But I think Illumination. I'll yeah. look it up. Look it up, thank you. Well, yeah. well, th- this is interesting because this is something that I really believe too. So like when you're that age, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, you, and as adults, like we're going to look at, or your your parents or our parents whatever they said well they're just kids but like mm-hmm. you're coming up with like really profound yeah because your mind's starting to like you're you, when you're 15 or 16 you're kind of like becoming a formative person that you're going to be right yeah, yeah, yeah. It's prof- you're going through profound, profound thoughts and and it's like this shit's real yeah, yeah and it's really high quality shit i was i think i was almost enlightened when i was like 20 21 <clears throat> and then i was a total moron when right. i was like in my mid-30s exactly like, like i mean yeah, an okay, idiot okay. like i'm talking about straight up <laughs> idiot on every level but like nearly enlightened back then yeah you know but like so so life goes through phases and it's not linear it's like you go through like i'm amazing all the way to i'm like practically like i'm a moron yeah man and then back again (laughs) exactly like when i was you know when i was 20 i got my deal and yeah you know we made this amazing record and it just set us up and then it was just like i was lost oh really well no i mean no it's like like you spend a lot of years just like trying to figure out like i always had my career going Mm -hmm. so that was like i was just grinding but like like who the fuck am i like or even like what type of music am i trying to make and that kept changing all the time and i mean it still does but like You know, but just to, just to your point, it's like I was enlightened too. Like, yeah. or when you're coming up, so it's that like, you know, it's the come up, right? Focused, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it was, yeah, that early stuff is like yeah. it can be like the strongest. Like yeah. a lot of times that happens with artists. Like their first, of course, thing is amazing. Yeah. Or like with Dylan, it's like a lot of early records are amazing. Then some like, you know more complicated periods i guess i would say than uh, again into amazing so you got you you got your first deal when you were like 20 huh yeah that's wild yeah you've been at this for yeah. so long so like before me and i've been at it for a long time too like what, what when when did that happen how'd that happen what's the story behind getting your first deal and, and discovering your voice enough to facilitate that yeah no i mean i was um I was I moved from Philly to Boston. I moved there because you could legally be a street musician. Right? Oh, okay. You could get a permit. I was that was really interesting. Really, you went to Boston <clears throat> yeah. just to be a street. You didn't just yeah. want to do it in Philly. Or? Well, I I was doing it in Philly. Oh, well, like okay. I I also knew like I needed to be like alone. I want to be alone and not have any distractions. And then also in Philly, maybe too many people knew you. Well, yeah. It's like it's like what Jesus used to say is like it's hard to be like 
Um, you know, I don't even know if he said it, but I've heard of saint. What did that guy say? It's hard to be. It's hard to be a saint in your own town. Yeah, like because it was did like. He, did Jesus say that? Well, Jesus, he was like, you know, like at what first, like Jesus? at first they were like, oh, that's just Jesus. He's the, you know, he's the carpenter's son or whatever. Did, don't listen yeah. to that guy. He had to go away, and then, he, you know, so this is like what you're doing. You're he went going, to a different town. All of a sudden, they're like, who is this? Uh, who is this Jesus guy? Christ? I'm who Jesus. This holy, guy? this guy's amazing. But exactly. Go, go back to Jesus' hometown. They're it's, like, oh, that guy. Dude. I've seen Jesus around. He's no big well, deal. Well, this is so funny because <laughs> that's, you, especially that's... Philly, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I had to leave Philly, right. move to Boston, and then I met my band. But then I sent my demos back to Philly, and then we got discovered out of Philly. So we got that's we so had to funny. leave Philly, right. bring back, it back, yeah. and then they, and then we came back. And But but it was so funny because – so I was just talking about this last night because – um. We're talking about Schoolie D. We're working on a new record. Schoolie okay. D and I are going to do. He's going to do a rap on one of the songs. Nice. And um, and so the la and I was trying to think like the last time I saw Schoolie, he actually came to our show at the Electric Factory in Philly. Wow. And he, you know, he came up and spat, a, you know, spat a verse, and um, whatever. After the show, we we're just partying and hanging out, and we, you know, I always got my graffiti markers. I got one right here. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> he does I, bro, I love that shit. Yeah. So uh so Schoolie and I basically bombed this freshly painted bathroom in the back in the backstage. Oh, they must have loved and then you. the promoter came back and he's like What the fuck? Well this he's Brian Delworth. We've been working together for twenty five years or whatever. Yeah, so he's like, Guys, really? He's like, No, I'm gonna have to get the fucking I just got this fucking shit painted. Now I'm gonna have to get it painted again. So I'm like, well, really, if we were, if this was in like a different town, they'd be like, holy shit, Schoolie D and G Love just uh, fucking yeah. signed a just wall, tag like the just wall. fucking frame <laughs> the shit. That's and Philly, they're like, dude, come on, we gotta fucking paint this shit. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> fuck you guys. Yeah, Get you out thought of you here. were doing them a favor. <laughs> That's yeah. funny as hell, dude. So yeah, you gotta leave home to yeah. make it at home. Jesus Christ said that. Jesus. Let's let's put it on Jesus. Hold on now, because back then too, because I think we're about similar. How old are you? I'm 49. Oh, so you're older than me. Really? How yeah. old are you? I'm a lot younger than you. 48. <laughs> Congratulations. 46. Listen, oh, enjoy, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> now, Thanks, Pops. Yeah. So, but like back then, like Boston was also this mecca for music because of like Berkeley College of Music and you must have been college age. So there must have been a part of you that was like, hmm, maybe I'll wind up at Berkeley or something like that as well. There yeah. must have been a little of that going on. Well, right? I, uh, yeah. Because I just remember yeah. Boston was like a mecca. It was. You know, for musicians. Yeah. So I used to go walk through the hallways because you could just walk in to Berkeley, you know, mm -hmm. walk in the front door, and then you could walk downstairs, and there's all these little, like, little, like, telephone booth sized shedding rooms. Right. And dude, you'd walk by, and like, it, there would be someone practicing a flute in there, and then a piano player, and then a drummer, and it was mm -hmm. really cool to like, just walk through. And of course, I put my hand drawn, drawn flyers saying, you know, searching. You know, you know band, how like with the yeah. pull things, searching yeah. for you know ba a band, and I put them up in Berkeley. Well, I finally my, my you know I would all hand draw them with my little graffiti shit, and, uh -huh. and my drummer goes, "Well, you." When I first met Jeff, my drummer, he goes, "Well, how come you trying to get a band?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm putting these flyers up." He goes, "Well, what the fuck does this say? No wonder you can't find anybody because he couldn't <laughs> read it." Your handwriting was so bad. Yeah, because he's like, "What are you fucking doing?" But yeah, but yeah, but actually, it's interesting. Because regarding Berkeley, in the early 90s, 
it wasn't his hip uh-huh. right like the berkeley if if it if you would say like oh yeah oh that guy's yeah he's like berkeley yeah. Meaning like right, no, he can shred, but he doesn't really have time. like the soul. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, or he, he's too good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and, and we were all like kind of like into this kind of like super raw, like bluesy, primitive mm-hmm. kind of shit that was not that. Right, but now fast forwarding, especially like in the last 15 years, like mm-hmm. kind of it, Berkeley has just so much more um, – flavor and, and like it's just now they teach that raw shit they do yeah and yeah. like you know and like so there's like you know krasno and like and then you know john right. mayer went there and then like all the lettuce yeah. guys and then this group group of guys that we brought out called ripe they're like blowing oh, up I know them. there's just a lot of great musicians so so now it's kind of changed the tune as, to me as, as to what yeah. and actually i i put together a new unit uh called the juice yeah with uh actually a bunch of Berkeley cats. As a matter of fact, um, the, the woman that plays keys, Amy Bellamy, she's a professor wow. at Berkeley. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, and to play with this level of of musicians, to not not taking anything away from Special Sauce, but like talking about these cats I'm playing with right now and all the soloists and uh, mm-hmm. the the level of musicianship and the amount of time, amount of hours these people must have practiced. Mm. Yeah. It makes me feel so fucking lazy. Is I'm that, like, damn, you're fucking good, man. It's kind of like on I your, didn't know a guitar could do that. Your last <laughs> album has that. More guests, right? More guests like that. And yeah, well, when you get older, you got to keep putting a lot of guests on your record because <laughs> you got to keep the, you know. But but there's a lot of different reasons. But part of it is like because you've already done so much stuff and you, you take like, it also like step back on the ego. Like, let's bring some other flavors in. Got to. And then also just the, the collaborative aspect of getting creative with other people Absolutely. bring continuously brings different stuff out of you, you know? Yeah. Hey, so what did being a street musician teach you? What did the street teach you about performance? Yeah, like um, just kind of everything, like just to be, I don't know, like you had to, <clears throat> I, always, I always looked at it as like a training ground, right. you know, like a, like, a, like a dojo or, <laughs> you know, like a, the, the forum, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you go out on the street and, you know, because you, you have to be in a, a performance mindset, right? Mm. And But you're out there for hours and hours. It's different than sitting at home and playing, right? So you, you're performing. In what way? Because you're every time you're playing, even if no one's watching or just one person's watching or a whole bunch of people getting off the train and walking by you. Right. You're still, you have to perform like you're putting on a show for people, right? right? Yeah. Not just practicing. So I got you. Uh, I think it just made me a, able to perform anywhere and also be happy if anybody was watching me because right. most of the time, especially in Boston, it was so competitive and the, the sound, like, you know, I had like a little PV battery powered amp that had like eight D batteries and everybody else had like right. Bose PAs, like, you know, with like <laughs> eight car batteries with like a stacks and shit. And it's like, dude, you can't compete. And And then if you're not singing covers, or you're not like really great, like at the flute or something, mm-hmm. then you right. know, like I'm just out there like doing my shit, and people are like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> I mean, right? It's <laughs> that's a harder that's a harder thing to do. Yeah, like your own jams is like a dude. Yeah, like, you know, a that, cover will make you stop. A cover, well, yeah, people like, know oh, the I cover, know or or like the like what you said, the flute maestro. That's just so impressive, especially for people walking by for like five minutes. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. To the stop and just check it out for a second like, factor wow. is more for like the crazy flute person 
or the cover person, less so for the original dude just playing his own jam. Yes, yeah. It's easier for people to just walk away with some disdain. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> well, I mean, people people don't. It, it's interesting because, you know, the way that people perceive like street performers, right? Yeah. A lot mm. of people probably think they're homeless, right? Or like, like I, I literally had like like you know like a, a one of my little girlfriends I dated like had a summer thing while when I was like fifteen, right? Mm. She walked by with a group of girlfriends. She's like Garrett. Garrett Dunn, is that you? That's funny. And her, you know, they're like college kids, and and, and they're what and her girlfriend, no, her girlfriend's like Haley, step away from him. He's homeless. And I'm like, really? Haley, wait, it's Garrett, man. You know, please talk to me. Did she walk away? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. That's so funny. It's weird because I'm I'm actually like really curious about doing street performance now. And I have never really done it, but I, you know, toured for m many years and played all all the venues and all that. But I'm kind of curious about it right now, and I don't I don't really know why, other than I'm just I want to do it. I I just got the, the cube thing. Oh, okay. I just got the cube street thing, and uh -huh. I got this foot drum thing, and I'm just uh, like, what's who makes the farmer? farmer. Oh yeah, Pete far Farmer. And I think it's I use that too, dude. I love that. I, I just use the Are tambourine you? pedal. I, I got the full kit. That's uh, oh really? Yeah, you dude, got skills on that shit. I, I'm getting them. I just did because I just did three wow. city wineries. And, oh okay, and cool. The last no two way. I did with the farmer. Oh foot sweet. Drum. And the first one was a bit like ropey, but it, uh -huh. but it was good. Wow. But the second one I was actually kind of kicking ass on the thing. Okay. Like, because it just gives it such a huge. It's like you know, it's just like you're. So guitar. you're doing like the two feet one, and I, like I have the it, I have the nine pedal one. No way. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's wow. like so I, I so but it's <laughs> he goes given, right in. Wow. But dude, it's giving me this whole huge new like lease on my whole thing. Like you can yeah. keep reinventing your thing. Right. And it's interesting the way, like, if, if you get out, like, you push yourself out of your comfort zone, how the whole thing resets. So it's like, okay, so it's like we're both pushing 50 and been doing this for Well, you're pushing it one year A little bit me. more than you. All right, bro, I got you. He's I'm right picking, behind you pushing you, Joe. I'm picking up what you're putting down. But what I mean is, like, you know, like, you you know, it's interesting the way you can re reinvent the thing. It, it just reset, like this musical journey can reset and be reinvented. Just like the, there's no end to how much enthusiasm can come with this thing. It's unbelievable. What about like, you know, it does it for, what about open tunings or ch changing oh, the same, tunings? Same thing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So are you doing that? Changing the tunings? And yeah. Like, like I've been, um, but it's so funny. Like to your points, like, yeah. Whenever you can kind of, yeah, like, shit pushes you. Like, I've been fucking with open, well, I've been fucking with it for a while, but, like, open C mm -hmm. was, like, the last kind of new tuning I really started fucking with. And, um, because Lead Belly uses it a lot. Okay, open C. And uh, I use it on my 12 string a lot, but. And what are, what are the strings? So it's low, so the E string goes to C. Okay. And then it's, A goes down to G. All the way down to C, the, huh? And then the D goes to C, and then G. And then the B goes up to C. Oh. And then the E stays the same. Huh, I'm gonna it's have to real, write that. To say it again one more time. C G C G C E. Wow. Yeah. And it's killer. Yeah, it's pretty because it's really low. Yeah. But it is, it's really beautiful. It's beautiful. Do you have to use like extra thick strings and stuff? Like I that? well, I use like thirteens. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't know. But yeah, but but yeah, like yeah, man. Whenever you do something new, but I got that's I want to see you do the the 
the nine pedal farmer dude foot drum shouts out to pete farmer because he's, uh, he's a really innovative guy man. well i mean yeah farmer foot like, drums because there's a pr- hefty price tag on the thing how much is it it was a lot, man. It's like, you know, three G's or some shit. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy no, shit. it's a real. No wonder I can't. Yeah. Bro, it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a real. Sell that wine and buy the nine pedal. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm going to drink that wine. You need to get your signature series together. <laughs> okay. no, well, but, no, I've been working with him for a long time. But like, Joe also loops a lot and, oh, okay. and taps on his guitar, oh, okay. so that ties into what he does. Oh, yeah, okay, but this cool. is all oh, live. Wow. This is all yeah, live. That's now, so cool. It's like, but, I mean, even with the in looping, and I got the Nord drum as well, so sometimes I like sample the nord drum wow but like on this last couple gigs i like looped uh, on a couple songs i could loop the nord drum and then oh shit like towards the end kick in the farmer so it's almost like full production like wow. loop you got the like mechanical analog beat and yeah. then you get then all of a sudden you get the peter gabriel analog wow. drum thing that it's just still a one-man band vibe wow. so man that's it, it's fun it expands the thing in a in a big way now you're making me feel bad because like i it's the looping thing is uh man i never really figured it out i never well, I mean, i'm the, not a I, i'm so untechnical that there's so many people that do when it I watch, now it's almost like who cares yeah but when i watch someone who can really do it uh, do it well it's like really it's really something but it is it's yeah. like wow man you could fu- well right it, I mean, Ed Sheeran does a shit, right? He rocks like a stadium. Yeah, he rocks solo. Sheeran stole it from him. Oh, he, okay. he rocks, yeah. sta- he rocks <laughs> stadiums. Wow. Well, I, yeah. well, I just, did it a long time ago. Like you did? The, I started doing it in the mid-90s. No shit. Because wow. I, I, I was signed to Peter Gabriel's label back okay. then. And no so, shit. And so basically somebody back then gave me the idea to start doing it. And so wow. we put together racks and we wow. jam mans and started... Going. That's when I started opening up for like Ben Harper. We have oh, we have shit. people in common. Okay. Ben Harper and JP. I heard you talk about them. Oh yeah, yeah. I know those cats. And, you know, I've been in a, band, in a band with Ben for a while. Oh no way. Fistful of Mercy. Oh me, shit. Me, him, and Danny Harrison. No way. Yeah. Wow. We we put out a record about ten, 10 years, years ago. ago. Oh it's shit. About to come out. I mean. Oh um. About so to you do know um. Release. Uh, David Zonshine? Yeah, Zonshine, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a great. Uh, yeah. I, he, he, he helped me. Shout uh, out David Zonshine. Shout out David, because he, he, really, uh, uh, he really helped me to get um, my art collection going. Right. Because they were kind of really early on on the street art shit. Right. And, uh, and I just loved it, and they just kind of influenced me. That gave me some Shepherd Fairy, right? Like, yeah. Well, actually, two kids that I babysat for from Avalon, New Jersey. Uh-huh. The Ternowski brother, Michael Ternowski and Steven Ternowski, uh, they have been working with Shepard for, I don't know, like a long time now, but they basically run Obey, okay. uh, the clothing aspect of it. And you babysat them. I babysat them. What a strange <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it is a strange Somebody world. And you're basically, they're you. like, you know, it's like they, they, there's, they, they run the shit. And um, so anyways, so I've, I've known about Shepard longer than I was, you know, like, collecting art and shit and actually my parents like they went with the Ternowski's parents to Shepard's first show in Philadelphia where you could buy like you know a Obey canvas Shepard Ferry canvas for like you know 250 bucks you know wow <laughs> and, and it's just so funny it's like time and a place like you know so you started collecting yeah yeah so so they were like and one of the great was yeah check out this guy Invader oh shit let me check it out well fuck it I'm gonna buy this Invader like uh oh. You know, so I bought like a one of the ones I bought earlier was like a Invader alias because 
Invader's like, for anybody out there that doesn't know, who, Invader's like a street artist who used like the right, video right. game Space Invader. And he does like tile mosaics. Yeah, they have yeah, in the city. Yeah, he you does. You'll shit. see him you like see him here up. and there at corners of buildings yeah. and whatnot. And yeah. so, like for every one he makes, he makes an alias, wow. right? So if you remove it from a wall, it's not worth anything because it's just going to crumble, right? But right. if he makes an alias, that's what you can own. That's like an N- That's like an early it NFT. Is. It is. Are yeah. you so, on the NFT world? Yeah, a little bit. But so, yeah. yeah so anyway, I got. But like I bought that one for seven thousand dollars, and that's. You know that's worth like probably close to hundred grand now. That's so, so thanks, ama- David. That's so amazing. So Zoneshine <laughs> hooked you up. Well, yeah, he just said check out these artists. Like you, you know, so I did, Damn, and I bought well, a couple of pieces. Come on, Zoneshine, you could have told me. Come on, man. I probably, <laughs> Ten years ago. I probably wouldn't have listened. <laughs> that's great, man. That's great. That's great that you're a collector. That's you cool. Check and, out this and, artist, and, you're, and you're a painter too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like uh, yeah, like I don't be just because like I've so much, you know. Just because, like, I've been always such a fan of... So, like, my collect, my art collection started, like... I would go down to Art Basel in Miami, you know, which is the first week of December. I started going with some... There's an artist in New York, Greg Haberney. Uh, and and then there was... So, yeah, so my, my manager was on 95 Horatio, right? Mm-hmm. And right around the corner, these guys, um, John Leo and David Kesting, had a gallery. While I was walking by it, and they always... And they would really have shit that would just like hit me. So there was artist Brian Leo that they showed, and um, they showed Swoon early and um, Greg Haberney. And, anyways, they invited me to come play at this fountain exposition. They were doing Art Basel. So that started. So every time I go down to Art Basel, I play gigs. Mm-hmm. And actually, Shepard DJed after I played that night. And I would take the money. That I make it the and gig the and I buy it in, you know, upcoming artists. Smart. And so that Crazy. was like in 2008. So my collection's pretty cool. And I have like piece, uh, piece by like Maya Hayek and Catherine Bernhardt and Catherine Bradford. And well, you're a killer I have like a art huge, collector, dude. I have Banksy? a fucking Banksy. Uh, it's a removal. But it was, removal? well, so, so the Banksy, like most street artists, if their shit's removed From like a wall, wall right. they're not going to authenticate it, I especially Banksy. His organization, Pest Control, really set the bar for that. So if any shit from Banksy, like people go around trying to remove it and they Take find this it. Take whole sheetrock slab, you th- mean? That shit is never going to be authenticated. This piece that I have interest so in. you still sell it if it's not authenticated? You can because people, some people don't care. And if, and right. if you really know that it's, like my piece is in his book, his self-published book, uh, Wall and Peace. But it was like, it was an interior removal at the gallery he stayed at for his first LA show in the early 2000s, the gallery owner would put the artist up, excuse me, at, um, in his condo. And then he has banks. He had like three pieces in there. And when, the, when they re sold the condo, they removed all these pieces and I bought wow. one at auction and I didn't mean to, and I was like drunk in Mexico and I was watching this auction. It was like $35,000. I was like, watch this. I'm going to fuck with this shit out. Okay, $36,000. And it was like going once, going twice. No. Oh, shit. Honey, fuck. I was like, oh, shit, man. I'm going to be in big fucking trouble. So I have this Banksy, and it's it's like eight feet. It's a wall. It's yeah, like eight feet dude, long. It weighs 36, like 250. 
It weighs 250 pounds. It's been sitting in storage for 10 years. Okay, so now, this, <laughs> does, buy it? this brings up a good point. Uh, there's so much I want to get to, and none of this was on my radar that you even did this. But this is so interesting because this is like when people ask, like, what's up with NFTs? Why are they valuable? It, you, you're hitting on a huge point. It's because when you even collect art uh-huh. in the real world, like right. your Banksy, what what and all painters know this but a lot of people don't know this and some collectors know this it's a pain in the it's a pain in the ass to like store. look after and store and sure. art like so that's that's what's good about nfts is that you put it all on your phone and there's those valuable collectibles you know so have just, you bought nfts i haven't but i'm about to do a, a nft drop in june oh cool i'm good friends with citizen cope clarence okay and yeah. he's big in the nft he just did that major drop like yeah shout out to him like no, was, we talked yesterday twenty one thousand dollars or something on it well yeah he got like tickets. seven he got seven point seven seven eth right so that's worth more like thirty thousand dollars right probably, now yeah yeah that's right yeah so I, yeah i talked to him yesterday because because clarence is like one of my you know he's great Love one of my guy. best friends too and um and he's like we're all you know we're always trying to like one up each other but yeah. he, so 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 basically like so he called me one night and left a message Yo, Garrett, man, you gotta call me back, man. I found something's gonna change the fucking whole industry now for the He's artists, so up you know? on it. He's so up it's on just, it. So then I'm like, all right, well, I you go, did he tell you to go to Clubhouse and get in the rooms? No, 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 no. no. NFT rooms in uh, Clubhouse. Anyway, keep going. So he goes, call me back, man. All right, well, I for our space on calling him, and then whatever, like a week went by or whatever, and and then I I was reading about the NFTs, and then I was like, because I've been dabbling in crypto. Well before Clarence, oh. so, uh, <laughs> I just got him in on it. So, yeah. so, uh, so I go, uh, oh, well, what is it? And then I called Clarence. I was like, this must be what this motherfucker is talking about. So I called yeah. Clarence. I go, hey man, were you talking about the NFTs? And so, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm working on something. But you know, he's act like it's top secret. He won't tell just. He won't tell me exactly yeah. what he's doing. It's so weird. So I'm fucking him. So then I said, well, fuck this. So I, then I, and then I go, I go on Rarible. So I said, well, I'm going to do my own. So I, so I went on Rarible. You dropped one? I did, yeah. I dropped one into like Oblivion and no one looked at it. No one bought it. And I did it like, because we did this animated video. So I did like a clip of my one of my animated videos from the last record. And so I, so then I, so then I hit Clarence up. Yo, motherfucker, looks like I caught you sleeping. Look at my drop today. But That's obviously, he, you know, the, he he was the tortoise and the hare because I didn't sell mine and he made $30,000. Well, it's, listen. <laughs> so props, Clarence. Just bring Pro- it back around. Props to Clarence. But but the, the way the way that works is you go into Clubhouse, you go into the NFT rooms, you build a community, you get you make friends with collectors. It's a lot oh, okay. of time investment. Okay, you fucked around and did a drop on yeah. on a, a open ended site. Fuck with right. Clarence. Just yeah. to fuck with Clarence. Just to fuck with Clarence. <laughs> I mean, but like that's, maybe I'll sell it now. That's man. the whole thing. It's it's yeah. similar to the art world in which you have to kind of work it. Okay. Like if you're an artist, like working back in the '90s in New York City, you got to go like schmooze at gallery openings and make friends right. and all this and that and the other and then you get like the who's who's to come to your thing thing and then boom boom it goes mm. up up you know but like yeah you know the same thing with the nft world except for it's all in the metaverse you got to go to clubhouse you got to know who so well. clubhouse is, a, is an app is an app it's like it's it's an app that's kind of i think it's losing steam now but like 
Clarence and I were both in on it early. Oh, okay. I saw him like I saw him come into the NFT. Oh, you did room. I saw his evolution. Oh, in, cool. In it, and 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 he inspired me. Oh, cool. His focus and dedication on it was was superior to mine. Wow. I mean, he's just he's just he's a brilliant dude. He you is. Know? And and he was in on it and focused on it, and he still does. And I call him up every once in a while, like, "Hey, are you still going to clubhouse rooms?" He's like, "Yeah, I still am." And I'm like, "I gotta get in." Oh there. shit! Well, you he got, never see. That's the this type of thing. Like, see, he to keep, keep the shit secret. Kept it. Tough, he kept didn't. It. He didn't well, tell I'm, me. I'm handing. So bro, I'm fucked up. Now I want to get in there, man. Bro, I'm handing you the <laughs> keys you, to the man. castle. Give it to I'm me. I'm telling you, dude. I'm here to fucking hook you up, dude. Oh damn, I'm giving you. I'm giving secret, you the insider man. info, <laughs> dude. Up. I thought we were homies. But, bro, you never been, told me about the clubhouse. You, are you ready to spend the time in there? Like, make, you know, it's, it, it's hard. It's, it's, there's an aspect of schmoozing to it. There's an aspect of education and all, <laughs> and all this other stuff. But so, so, um. No, because I go, I go, did you, I go, because, well, no, because I feel like, I feel like the NFT thing kind of dropped off a little bit to me, at least. Yeah. To me, like I was like super hyped on it, and then I was me like, too. "All right, well, this is a bubble," and it was, and it is. It's a bubble the way the dot com bubbles a it, bubble. It, it like, will it's find still gonna be a thing. No, like, I totally the way agree. Dot com is still a thing. Of course, like, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's just it, not right now. It, it, yeah. Well, no, it, and right now it's just it was insane. Now it's kind of corrected a little bit into like the hype has died down a little bit but it's still definitely a huge thing yeah like i'm, it, I'm actually working with this company block party right now mm -hmm. so we're just an initial thing to figure out what i'm going to do with them okay is this an nft yes yeah, nft okay so like we're gonna and that, that they were one of the people like early on mm -hmm. block party the, yeah. their platform was early on and they, they did one with uh this guy do you know this guy scott melker uh, sounds well he has a twitter called the block party too. the wolf of all streets is his twitter uh -huh. handle nice but his wife is crazy like <laughs> he he's my homie from philly like mm. he used to dj and i'd be like going to all his shows when i was off and like hip hip-hop dj and um and he was uh, the first intern in our office at philadelphia management and his wife yeah. currently runs my social media shit right he i didn't even fucking realize this is like my homie like i didn't even realize he's now one of the top uh like um commentators of of crypto so he yeah. just check him out scott melker the wolf of all all streets mm -hmm. and like he his podcast his blog his twitter it's like everyone's looking at him he's like the fucking dan rather in the crypto world wow like i don't even know what he's worth right now but he must be this is good info joe yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, tune but... into what he's doing the wolf of all streets because like his newsletter is like a must do you uh, know michael saylor uh, the Bitcoin profit, basically. Uh, okay, yeah, I've heard, I think I heard the name. Micro, I don't... Micro Strategies CEO. Okay, he, he's put billions into Bitcoin. Oh basically. shit! Okay, like yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's another one to check out. If, okay, if, if if you're unfamiliar, for those out there that are unfamiliar with crypto, it's like. I mean, basically, it's just like a store of value that's just gonna go beyond anything else. It's it's immune to inflation. Yeah, you know what's well, the great like. E financial equalizer of our times mm -hmm. yeah. so if there's an opportunity yeah for it, anybody to like come up if you're paying attention to it and people are, like dude my, here's a here's a perfect example my sound guy chris de benedetto who i've been working with for 20 over 20 years yeah when the covid shit laid off he's a really smart guy he fucking took some like online you know crypto seminars and he, he in june he invested seven thousand dollars into the space and 
you know, his wallets are probably, you know, he's probably working on over a million dollars right now. Right. So he's not coming back on the road. <laughs> See, if yeah. you're a sound guy, hit me That's up. Crazy. <laughs> no, but yeah, it, he's like it, retired. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna buy an island. Yeah, it, it, it's it's true. It's uh, it, it, people like they sort of down talk it, like oh, environmental and this, that, and the other. It's like anything that provides people sort of a, a way of of self empowerment and freedom. I yeah. feel like goes under extreme criticism from from some other angle like that of course you know and I, i'm sure there's environmental concerns but i think those are going to get resolved right because the use of electricity to yeah. run the data mining you know yeah mm -hmm. definitely but then i've also heard like how about like let's go against using washing machines to wash clothes? Think of how much electricity washing machines take up. Yeah, well, just like, like if just you're wash, a your, wash your clothes with a fucking you know <laughs> washboard like, with Come a washboard. Yeah, if you're like that worried about electricity, <laughs> well, like, I mean, let's you know. end washing machines <laughs> I now. Don't you don't need. You don't. I, me neither, you, dude. Really? I have it's one. It's because you live in New York City, man. I just, no, well, I, I have one. I've never. I use it for really? storage. Yeah, I use it for storage as a drying rack. Yeah. Wow. I uh, mean, that's I'm just the opposite. Well, whatever, yeah. But like, um, or yeah. like ADA Cordona is all about empowering. I just bought uh, some on the way of walking it, here. It's my a, buddy was like, "Yo, I just bought a thousand dollars ADA. I it's just all a hundred dollars walking." Bro, over I, here. I, I got, tell my wife. Bro, by the way, I got in on ADA at thirty four cents. Oh, great! How well, you like me now? I love it. How you like me now? <laughs> ka ching, ka ching. How much no, is it did now? you buy a lot of it? A buck seventy. Yeah, I did. I went in because oh, I, really? I knew cool. about it. Early. Oh, okay, like, cool. But that's all, and also I liked I liked what it, what was behind it. I like it's 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 rooted in Africa and it's rooted in empowering Africa. And, oh, cool! You know that's like that's the karma behind ADA. So it's like not only is it a great investment, but it's also you know got good ethics behind it, and it's and it's helping out a, a disenfranchised place to become wow. like empowered. You I did, I didn't I didn't even know that. that that's great to hear. It's that. rooted in Africa, man. Okay. It's, it's, that's what's one of the best things about it. It's again. It's this is this is a time when ADA is up eleven point sixty eight percent. It's like I got in on that shit when it was thirty four cents. Ka-ching, <laughs> how, like, how you like me now? How you like me now? Oh, see, I want to know what you put in. You put cents. in did you put in a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks? I put ten thousand bucks. More, more. Really? More, oh wow. No, not more than ten thousand, but. but in between a hundred and ten thousand. Okay. Like, so let's just say big. let's say he put in a thousand. So I if put he put in, in a thousand, it's worth it's it's worth it's a one eighty right now. So more like three, more like know, a little bit more than that. It's like fifty. Grand. So he's basically how much a fucking put in thirty five hundred bucks to put in. <laughs> so what is, so is that worth fifty G's now or thirty G's? Not or, quite. But it's but, but it's, it's up twenty to, it's G's. Or, getting into that vibe. That's sick. I mean, no, like, it's intense. It's, it's intense. It's like it's, I mean, so like, yeah, dude, like all, 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 only thing is like just like kicking yourself because why didn't I? You know, I I was I was looking at crypto. You know, I had my Coinbase account when Bitcoin sunk back down to two thousand after you know. Why didn't I buy like you know twenty thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin then? Well, because it would seem like it was pretty low then, and what the yeah. fuck, you know? But it's just like anything else. It's like, well, oh, you lived in New York City during the eighties. Well, why didn't you buy a Warhol? Uh, right. Warhol, <laughs> a whole building. Why did you buy a Why did you buy right? Why did you a buy whole, a building? Well, the whole block. That's what I tell people now too. Like in terms of Bitcoin, like I, I've been telling him, I, I tell him all the time, and he's finally getting in on it. But it's like. 
you're not too late. It's not. Right. It's Damn, not. Too, I'm everyone, telling the same thing. Everyone thinks, oh, oh it's God, too late. Dude. It's like, no, dude. Bitcoin. Here's the deal. Right now, same, bit, dude, we're the Bitcoin, same person. We are very similar. <laughs> but so Bitcoin's like what? A six, almost sixty G's right now. Yeah, fifty-eight. It's gonna. <laughs> it, it's gonna be worth a million dollars a coin. It's yeah. going. It's going. And then it's going to be that. worth more than a million dollars oh a coin. Well, that's that, that, seven. That's what's gonna happen, dude. It, it, it's 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 financial energy that's like n nothing like any that we've ever seen. It's going to completely swallow up the uh, market cap of gold and everything else because it's superior. It's a superior store of value. It's not a bubble. It's it's immune to inflation. You can move billions and billions of dollars in 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 milliseconds from you know from, from your one, account from to one mine. side of the world to the other <laughs> and we've never seen anything like that before you what's know? your password again <laughs> <laughs> take another sip of that water and i look over there <laughs> so okay so let's go back to your first <laughs> let's go back to your first album yeah. we, we got to go back to music yeah, why fuck the music business we fuck this I you want to right? make some money, man. Fuck the music business. <laughs> it's true, man. It's weird. Music business is just a fucking... Hobby. Hobby. <laughs> right, it's a hobby. Glorified hobby. It's a hobby. Well, I, no, it's funny because my wife and I were, were just like, we bought a lottery ticket. I was like, guys, check the fucking Mega Millions. We're driving up from Philly. Dude, I like, get Mega Millions sometimes. Like, look at that. So there are three... Uh, I was checking, check it, check, check the Mega Millions. We, we might be turning around. All she right. goes, wait a minute. If we got the one lottery, you turn around, you wouldn't do the gig. I say it'd be my last gig ever. No, I say we'll have to go do the gig, man. I love to Gigs play, are man. Fun. It's I love fun, to play, right? Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but and you know, back to like that the any like that thirteen year old boy I was talking about who's putting his record out. Mm -hmm. You want some advice? Just fucking go to school and like you know play music as a fucking hobby. <laughs> yeah. You, well, no, I mean, I I I say that jokingly, but also seriously because you know. Especially now, dude. Like the chances of like coming up and like trying to make a living off of playing music. It, I mean, you, you don't make any. We, you unless you can get a live thing going. But what else you can't is there make, to do? I don't and, know. And bro, like it, buy crypto. Bro, like, wasn't. But you could do. You could buy crypto while you're doing the music thing. Well, it, then, it, then you'd me, be smart. Then you'd be smart. I, which I, most musicians I, aren't. I'm going to push back on you a little bit <laughs> on that because back when we were coming up you could make money you had to fucking excuse my french you had to make a demo cassette right and send it off to like 40 <laughs> different labels yes. that don't that don't accept unsolicited right. material <laughs> like there was no way right. and, or you, you made a demo and you got it out to like five of your friends and then sent it to a bunch of record companies that didn't want to hear from you. Right. So, that, so wait, that was, and explain that. And that, to, that was your reach. Explain that, that was to your, the listeners. That, that like the, the unsolicited demo. If you, it means you couldn't just send a tape to you know Michael Kaplan at Epic no. Records. You had to have a manager or an entertainment lawyer yeah, you had to have that like, would send really? it on your behalf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would yeah. not take it unless it was coming from... Does not and how do you meet that person? Like, right. it was, that's what I'm saying. The music industry was like light years away yeah, from... Yeah. It was crazy. I went to like the A&R guy. No, no, no. And you, no. Get, you, you know how many cassettes I got back that, with the stamp that says, do not accept unsolicited materials? Oh, uh, really? And they were unopened. But yeah. they had to... If, if it went through the proper channels, they had to reply like legally mm. with a fucking letter 
Mm-hmm. So I still have a bunch of the rejection letters wow. from like TVT records. We like the music, but you'd have to change the band. But mm-hmm. we're not signing anybody anyhow. Find a singer. So that, but that's my point. Like <laughs> nowadays, your thirteen. We like your music, but you don't like. We don't like your personality. Your thirteen-year-old friend. He he. You know he has the chance to put his stuff up on YouTube. He's if he's really, everywhere. If he's really yeah. really good, he can get discovered. He can he can build a, a base of thousands relatively easily if uh-huh. he's, if he's talented. And at the same time, he can start thinking about minting some NFTs. I mean, and it's, okay. I'm not even joking. Yeah, no, like because that will be a huge revenue stream for for him if he, if he builds a little bit of a base. And the more and more these things become like you know real situations that you know that aren't so you know like sequestered to people who just know about clubhouse and shit like that right 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 like so i feel like there's more opportunity and and it's like life is the same as it ever was it's like okay yeah 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 i I see what you're saying about the difficulty but if you think about it you know with what's going on with ai and everything there's really it's really hard for humans to be employable in any way shape or form across anything like pretty soon like wow. you know restaurants are gonna get overtaken by like ai and all you know things like it's like can, can i take, I take your, your order, order please <laughs> no. and i, I, I mean like truck now. truck you drivers scan a qr code the, the menu comes yeah, up and the, you order you right the truck truck drivers are all it's gonna be all like you know robot trucks and stuff so in a weird like way on wolf, like on a, on a wolverine yeah exactly or what blade runner or whatever but like, you know, so in a weird way, I feel like the creative arts are going to be almost like a, a, a smart place for you to actually exist in because everywhere else you're going to be replaceable. Yeah, I mean, no, you know? that, yeah, it's true. I mean, there's, yes, that, that's, that's, that's true. So, but go but, back to when you were 20 and you, you got your record deal. How, how did that happen now that we're talking about Yeah, that? I mean, it was, um, you know, I was playing on, in Harvard Square. Mm-hmm. Right, and then okay. I would stop in. Remember, these have these things called record stores. Yeah. Wait, what? what? <laughs> there was this store. It had a yellow and red sign. Tower. It was called Tower Records. <laughs> Never heard of it, no. dude. That used a- to be like when you got your fucking picture on the side of Tower. Remember when that was like a viral video? Oh my god! Remember when you got your like record on the side yeah. of Tower, and that was like the best thing that could happen. Anyway. Oh. I so, think that maybe it happened once. I don't know. But. I, I think it happened for you more than once. I think I've seen it. Oh, really? I think oh. I remember, you know, because I'm like, oh, why did that guy get that? You know, I think I I'll had never that forget. Feeling. I'll never forget walking into Tower Records on South Street in Philadelphia, and I walked in, and our first record had just dropped, and it was like the whole, like, Mm-hmm. It was amazing placement. It was like the whole fucking first band was like all the CD with my face. I looked at like, it. I walked out of the store. I was like, what the fuck is that shit? I remember I had a similar thing happen to me. Oh too. My, my second album, yeah. I walked into one in New York, in New York City. And it, and I had like walking right into the tower and it was like oh. up front thing. No way. Yeah, dude. Like its own case. How did I, you feel about it? Like a million dollars. Because I was like, like, like I might embarrassed. As well. I felt fun. I just remember feeling like I had, I literally like went, left. I, uh, it bugged I, me out. I felt good about it. Yeah, good for you. Because uh, also I had already put out a record. Like, oh, okay. And got the opposite of that. Where? Why isn't my record oh, right. even in the store? Okay, like yeah, was, I've I had went that. through that. Okay, I, I had that after that. So I had already. <laughs> oh, well, I had it after that as well. Okay, yeah. but, <laughs> but I also had it before that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I imagine now if, if I came in Tower Records, That's I'd be like, fine. "Fuck yeah, finally, motherfucker!" Right. I'm back. No, but uh, yeah, but yeah. So, anyways. 
So you're playing so there Harvard was, Square. Playing Harvard Square, Walking Town Records. I got the bulletin board. Uh-huh. Right? So, again, like the Philadelphia Music Conference, pull the fucking paper off, send my demo. Uh-huh. And uh, the story was that the producer, who, Dave Johnson, who made our first record, he had 250 demos to listen to and literally he said it was the last demo that's so funny and he was hated everything he heard right from all 250 demos he just wanted to fucking listen to this one throw it in the fucking trash with the rest and say i give up and and but he didn't he put it on and fucking whoa and and um and i uh, for me i was living in this roach invested um apartment in alston rock and roll alston in boston and i came home in the basement apartment and my buddy Jake had left a, uh, you know, written note, uh, Dave Johnson from studio Four rough house records called it. Love this song. Fresh Lila thinks it's a hit. You're going to Philly. And it was like the lottery. Right. Yeah. It was like, Holy shit. Studio four Philly was at that point. Like everyone was the Cypress Hill, uh, schoolie D having to come back, uh, the, Crisscross, the roots were hanging out there. Scott Storch was a kid hanging out there. Amazing. Um, like Scott Storch's first, I think the first record he was on that was a release, a major label release, was my record. This ain't wow. living. He plays piano on it. Incredible. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, so it was crazy. And then we got invited to come down, and we came down. And the plan was that we we're going to play this show, this place called Revival for the Philadelphia Music Conference, and then the next day we're going to go in the studio. Mm. Well, it was G11 Special Sauce with the Roots on the bill, the mm. Square Roots. Wow. That's what that, they Square Roots. That's what they were called, yeah. the Square Roots? That's funny. And so, um, <laughs> I, didn't know, I, I didn't know that, bro. That, actually, that's a completely yeah. different thing than the yeah. Roots. Like, yeah. Anyway, go and ahead. And Chuck Treese, who's playing with me last night, and we have our little duo thing, like he was there. He was a pro skater, and I, I was like idolizing him. He was there at the bar when I came in, along, along with Mad Max from the Goats. Everyone's like, to come and check me out. Like, who the fuck is G Love? You know? So, um, the producer, Dave Johnson, I said, Well, what time should we be at the studio tomorrow before the show? And he goes, Yeah, you know, the studio's booked now. We're not going to do a session. Oh, man. Oh, well, just have a great show. So, we did the show, and he comes up after the show, be at the studio at 10 a.m. <laughs> Somebody he was, got bumped. No, no, he, no, he, he saw was, the show. He saw the show. Like, he looked at us, and he's like, Oh, maybe these guys. And then no, he looked at he us and we're the like, by the cover. yes. But then we did the show. He's like, he you're like, in the studio tomorrow. He wanted to see if we could do the thing because this dude's funky uh, as he hell. But maybe, but maybe doesn't look funky as hell <laughs> okay. at first glance. <laughs> right. okay. No, I thought somebody was yeah. booked. Yeah. He loved you nah. and he bumped them yeah. and put you. He in. judged the book by the cover. No, he had us booked and he's like, I'm not taking him. Let's see if he can handle. He's funky. He's funky. No, but so then we 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 went in the studio and that that we started recording what ended up being our first record and then on the strength of those demos we got we played the new music seminar uh-huh. uh so this is what used to happen in the 90s back to our earlier conversations this is how you would get signed there was right. these mega music conferences yeah. the gavin convention in san francisco the new music seminar here at the college college music journal thing here yeah cmj cmj that, that used to be big yeah and then the philadelphia yeah. music conference so this is how you could actually get in front of those people that could send you demos. And so we got a manager, a guy from New York named Jonathan Block. And then, you know, that was it. We fucking would drive down from Boston and there was like a bidding war and all these record labels are taking us out for lunch. And then we ended up signing with Michael Kaplan, who was like the ultimate to me. He was like the ultimate Jewish fucking gangster 
A&R guy. Like, everything I could ever dreamed about of what it would be like working with a record boss, fucking cigar smoking, yeah. you know, fucking <laughs> New York Jewish guy, fucking, right. nah, 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 this, this sucks, this is awesome, that's a hit. You know, like, I'm going with you. What label? <laughs> with Epic, Epic Records. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know Michael Kaplan, yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, that was the story, and then that was it. So the process was somebody loved you told you to come into the studio you made the demos then you had to shop those demos so you had to shop twice is that how the process went um yeah well yeah like we made demos in boston but and then we went yeah then we went to like a proper yeah so then we got discovered and he and the guy who discovered is a producer right so he have us in the studio and then it was like make, we're making a record and then you shopped that to the label. And then we shopped that. So we had like the record like halfway down. Although we, they were just, we were just, yeah, I don't know whether we thought it was going to be a record or not, but they, it, it was. Yeah. I mean, we, we had that intent though. How, we how did to, it do when it came out? Did it do pretty well? It, the first, our first record sold like, a, it got to a point where it was selling like, a, uh, probably the most it ever sold in a week was probably like 3,000 copies like after our first hit on, the Conan O'Brien show. Wow. That was the first time we had like a spike. Yeah. But then it settled into selling a thousand records a week and did that for like, you know, till people stopped buying records. Right. So then like, you know, 10 years later or whatever, Still it went gold. It. Well, no, not now it's not, but it, you know. right. but, then, but it ended but up it selling like over 800,000 copies. That's incredible. Wow. But we didn't know, like at the time, we didn't, we didn't know that we had a, hit record we just were in a van <laughs> crisscrossing the country mm -hmm. like you know you know playing sold out shows and just trying to hang on and, and like and going to europe and going to australia yeah and, and it was Byron like a Bay vicious yeah it's like a vicious fucking non-stop circle and cycle like tour around the world you got to get to all these markets now you got to do it again mm -hmm. now make a record now go do it again yeah. you know 25 fucking years Tell me about like the scene that you were involved in with Jack Johnson and Ben Harper and Byron Bay and all that kind of stuff. Like, and, and you actually discovered Jack Johnson, right? Yeah. So Ben, like Ben was, um, the, we first started touring Europe, you see the first, that first Ben Harper poster. And then everyone was talking about Ben, Ben Harper. Oh my God, dude! You know, I, well, I I blew up in France, so okay. I know the whole Ben Harper. Have you heard of Ben Harper, <laughs> dude? I bro, I opened up for Ben Harper at Bercy in, in Paris in front of seventeen thousand wow. people. Wow, no, I by myself. Wow, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> crazy. Anyway, Ben Harper, Ben Harper. So yeah, so Ben. So we're, so we're like crisscrossing. We're, we're crisscrossing, and of course we heard of each other, uh, and then of course like. I'll never forget it. Like, we get booked to play the Byron Bay Blues Fest. Incredible. And I'm fucking walking back into the parking lot of the hotel, and there's Ben Harper, and he goes, gee! And we were like, we never met each other. And we, like, run across the parking lot, give each other a big hug. Yeah. And then and then that was kind of the start of our, you know, friendship. And um, and he said, hey, man, we got to, he wanted to do something. And I was blown away, because I, I had already, no, so the, actually, rewind. So the first time I actually did meet him, I had like a fangirl moment. Right. I, we played. We were all playing this Laguna Seca days in uh, Monterey, and I had tripped out on acid the night before, so I was like wide open. And we played our set. <laughs> <laughs> we played our set the next day, and yeah. you know whatever. We're we're, we're like wide one open. of the. It was like us, and then Michael Franti and Spearhead, uh -huh. and uh, and then Ben Harper. So then um, 
whatever. I so I'll never forget though the first time you saw Ben Harper and then he came out and hit with Voodoo Child yeah. and it was like when he was just like it was the whole band Innocent Criminal everything was like so fucking over just crazy intense and like start with Voodoo Child they played like all their own hits they played like sexual healing it was like the most insane i was just blown away i was right. floored i was so inspired i was like in awe and i ran yeah. after the show i went backstage and kind of waited till no one was around and i ran back in his tent and i was just like i just had to tell you man like that was the most amazing thing i said then i ran away right. so then when i saw him a couple years later in byron bay we gave each other a hug he's like dude you you came back and you didn't tell me you, i knew it was you but you just ran away and i right. was like oh man so i still have that kind of awe for ben but um yeah so yeah but then so whatever we we toured after that because he said let come on a tour and um uh, and um so we toured and then um yeah, and then some years went by, and then, you know, then, yeah, a surfing buddy of mine from Avalon, New Jersey, Scott Sowens, who grew up with the Ternowskis from Obey, right? Uh, he became a surf and skate photographer and was working with the Malloy brothers, uh, and who Emmett Malloy, one of the things he does is manage Jack, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so the Scott was like, yo, you got to meet this kid, Jack Johnson. He's got this on Rodeo Clowns. I think you should hear it. Can we come out of the studio? Oh, yeah, come on. We went for a surf at Topanga. We traded songs. Jack's playing his first record. I'm like, this kid's, this, what is this? Is so effortless. And like, mm. Jack's Ooh. songs were just yeah. like, I'm just watching this kid. I'm like, I felt like all my songs sucked. Why? <laughs> you know? Well, just because his his sense of like melody and the, the lyrics, the so thoughtful and the hooks and his, it was natural. It was effortless. effortless. It was yeah. just him. Yeah. But it was something unique, yeah. and we were in the studio like three days later, and we cut the cut the record. But we didn't have the at that time, like this was '98. We didn't have our shit together as far right. as like bringing him into our camp. Right, you right. let him go. We let him go, uh, and then caught ben, a big fish, but yeah. then let him out the net. Well, yeah, and then and J JP scooped uh, him up. Right? JP was, enjoy and Andy Factor. Yeah, so these guys had their two. shit Shout together. Shout out Andy Factor. Shout out JP. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen JP in a million and, years. And you know, JP is like an enigmatic guy, and yeah, um, it's true. He's interesting. We, you know, we kind of had a struggle. Our, you know, it was a struggle always relating to him for me. I mean, we're we're friends, and like. We all, he almost produced my record, but you know, especially when I was a kid, like he's a really highly intelligent guy. He's intimidating. He's intimidating. Yeah, and he's and got he an said some stuff to me over the years that 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 kind of hurt, you know. Uh oh. <laughs> what did he say? Well, no, like he, you know, like there was always thing like, you know, it was, it was unbelievable because once Jack hit, it was Skyrock, again, it yeah. was like holy shit, like this guy was like a kid, and now he's like one of the world's biggest largest artists. artists, and like I was right there and helped him and my career is honestly going down mm -hmm. and his shit's like and i'll never forget we came off the stage at berkeley and you know it was like you know jack and i and jp was right there and and mikey Sowens, scott Sowens' brother ended up working for working with for brush fire for jp and mm -hmm. and jp like looks over me in front of everybody and goes like you're, you're jealous you're, you're jealous of jack 
And to me, it was like, and, and of course I was. Yeah, like, duh. Why wouldn't like, you be? Like, you're, look, you're he just made being, like, yeah, like, I've been grinding for like 10 years like and he just came and like, yeah, just, dude. You know, like, I was jealous. By was, the way, bro, everybody was jealous. Everybody. Bro, bro, I wasn't even close to that proximity <laughs> and, and homie was jealous too, bro. But I was, so I was also like, like a main support right. figure for Jack and always like had, have, have and had. Both things can be possible. Both things coexist. of course. We, I was jealous. Bro, we're human you know beings. I mean? okay, we, we, we're vast. You. We contain multitudes. You can be jealous and happy for someone yes. at the same time. Yes. You can exactly. have a side of you that's yeah. real happy yeah. for yeah. somebody and genuinely yeah. so. Yeah. And you sometimes have to push yourself towards that. You have to yeah. appeal right. to your better nature. But your your little dumb shitty nature's up here too, going like, "Well, why isn't this me?" Damn right. it! Thanks, like, man. dude, that's, Thanks, Joe. that's called being a human being, bro. Like, so yeah, he, that, and that, so JP like picked on you because yes, he know because he that knew jerk. that shit. Come on, J <laughs> come on, JP. If you were here right now, what would you say? He'd be we, laughing. He'd, he'd be laughing. He'd probably he, say, "But yeah, he was." He he'd was be laughing, jealous. but he'd be like, "He probably <laughs> no, be, for real." You know what he'd probably say? He'd probably say, "Hey, I was just fucking with you, dude." Oh, oh okay. You know, you might say I that, but like, but when you're in that mix and we're joking about it, but there's something to that. It, it's actually a, a soul hit. It really yeah, is. No, and and because too, I've been a lifelong artist too. And I've had people like open up for me and like what you were talking about with the Ed Sheeran thing. Like I started looping long before yeah, that right. all of a sudden homies playing stadium. Right. It's like that kind of thing. Yeah, it's that like, probably really pissed you off when I said that. I mean, no, no, I'm used to Are it. you jealous? A little bit. <laughs> I'm jealous of you, bro. No, but like I'm jealous no, of you, man. I'm jealous of you, bro. Let's be jealous of each other. No, but 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 these things actually are things you do have to overcome, and right. and you do recognize, and, and you get older and stuff. And what's interesting too, it reminds me of the Megadeth thing. Mega, you know, um, uh, yeah, Dave, Dave, and Dave Mustang and Metallica, and, and Malcolm Gladwell has the whole thing about it, where, which is just that, like, here you got you got Dave Mustang who is one of, started a band. one of the most successful heavy metal artists of all time and still spent his whole life comparing himself to Metallica, who's bigger, so he felt like a failure for the whole time, even though everybody else in the whole world would kill to be Dave Mustang, similarly to you. like You're a revered, well-respected, very popular artist. Like so many people would wow. would give their eye teeth to trade places with you and yet you're going to be in a situation where you see Jack Johnson and the proximity you had and all that and even people that didn't have that proximity are going to feel a certain kind of way when somebody wins that hard i mean jack johnson he won hard oh, he, they, they, he didn't, they he didn't won win the, a little bit no, he, won. he won hard and no, kept yeah. winning <laughs> it's like you know but like, you know Man, like Jack and Emmett, his manager, they basically like won the music business yeah. board game. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like oh. they won Monopoly, like nobody else <laughs> has yeah. ever since. But in a way, and, like, well, not not or, but but just and the thing about Jack is that like and and Emmett and you know like these guys are so smart uh -huh. and um and like they I always thought about you know and it it's an interesting thing to talk about but like Jack. A lot of people sing about like making the world a better place, but he's him and his wife Kim and Actually, their whole organization. They've they've raised like I don't know probably a hundred over a hundred million dollars for like environmental causes all around the world. So he actually 
It's just like he, yeah, he yeah, yeah. So he's a great guy, guy as well. On top of that, <laughs> on top man. of that, I really hate this guy. <laughs> this guy sucks. But I'll tell you something. <laughs> just, it, kidding. When, just kidding. When 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 Jack had this mega success. Yeah. It kicked, <laughs> it kicked Ben Harper and I's ass. Yeah, I I know Ben too. Like yeah, because, like, and I don't know if Ben, uh, um, I don't know if Ben would would admit it like I would, but like, you know, because I think the way that Ben and I like have always approached the stage, mm-hmm. you know, I think we kind of like look at music and performance a similar way, and like the intensity and the performance aspect mm-hmm. of it. And Jack's approach was so laid back. Right. And so Very zen. we, we would be like flip flops and the shorts. And yeah. And, uh, and it was really like, wow, I've been, it almost feel like, well, am I trying too hard in my right. performance? Cause he's so laid back. He's like the effortless it, guy. Yeah, yes. And, and like, so it would really, it really fucked, fucked. And, and I can hear it like in Ben's records and my records as well. Like, um, right. cause obviously like a song like steal my kisses, which was a big hit for Ben. Yeah. That song wouldn't have been written if Jack Johnson, if if Ben didn't inspire Jack, and then Jack, Jack made it big, and Jack inspired Ben, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I have a lot of songs like that as well. So it's been a and and you know whatever. I'm, I gush on Jack all day, but to this day, like you know, we're we're dear dear friends, and, and he's helped me, you know, so much in my career. Um, really, the whole second half of my career, I, a lot of a lot of the momentum I was able to continue with came from you know working with those guys because you signed to his label yeah we were on his record label for 16 years yeah amazing yeah so like my latest record's the first record that was independent you know yeah the Juice. The Juice, which has got a Grammy nomination. Congratulations Thanks, on man. that, man. Kev Mo produced. Kev, Kev Mo produced. It's, it's a really good album, <laughs> Thanks, man. I was man. listening to it. Oh, I, lo- I love the way it sounds. Kev, is, he, Kev like took me under his wing and kind of opened the door to a party because... He's the nicest guy. He, he's like another... Dude, he's so fucking smart and like calculated, and I learned so much about making records from Kev. Mm. And just like... Like what? Just because like every... He's like, gee... I know you like like a dirty blues sound, you know, of course, all the all blues records and everything. And he's like, but you have to understand when Robert Johnson made that record, that was cutting edge technology, right? When they when they, when um, when Alan Lomax was recording Lead Belly, that was cutting edge recording situation. Yeah. So when I make my blues records, I want it to sound cutting edge. Like I want my blues record to have the same you know sonic quality and songwriting thoughtfulness as like a Beyonce record or yeah. whoever is a top pop star. So the way Smart. that he builds a record from the ground up is like a hip hop record, right. even though it's a blues record. And and he's, you know, a 68 year old guy or how old, old Kev is. And you know, he's running Pro Tools and he fucking makes beats on a fucking MP3 really? or whatever. Yeah, like he's making like a hip hop record. Yeah, yeah. And like every lyric on it's every tune and every fucking note and he's like, no, you can't play that chord, uh, or like play it like this. And he'll be like, no, ma- see how I'm, you got master, mastered it. Like, no, you're hitting that one string. That one string's, you're not hitting that one string. You're not strumming that one string uh-huh. properly. Or like, if, if there's a melody, like, like the, I had this melody in the song drinking one, and he's like, no, just change it up. Or he'd be like, look, you know what on the one is, G? Well, what do you mean, like James Brown or like uh-huh. on the one? No, 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 like. Excuse me, like the the one beat in the blues is everything, because it's like the chain gang thing, you know. Shovel that one, two, three, four. Sledgehammer, two, three, 
four, you know. Mm-hmm. Make the train rail, two, three, yeah. four. So he had me like, <laughs> like shovel, like singing a song. Like, no, I want you to act like you're shoveling. Uh-huh. You really hit that so one. Like grinding. Like, Lean into it. Yeah. Lean, lean into lean it. Lean in, and everything yeah. has to happen on the one. So my, because my like vocal phrasing for the hip hop, I'd be like, you know, um, I was trying to think of an example. I'd be like, I would always be like on the one and, you know, like one and then my lyric starts. But uh-huh. uh, so one and why well, let this world yeah. wait on instead of be like, why well, let this world and then have a space. Right. So just to like, and so I changed like my whole vo- writing thing and like singing things like uh, so land starting on the one, on the one instead right. of the one and. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you were let, starting on the three in a way or something. Yeah. So I now I start on the one like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, do you push back or, or you just took it all? No, no. Like, dude, when I go in the studio and, like, work with a producer, I always think of it like a coach. Coach, yeah. And I want to go into their world. Because if you... if you, why, why would you be there in the first place? If mm-hmm. You're not trying to, like... Learn. Yeah, because if not, I'll just produce my own record. Yeah. So, yeah, I, anytime I'm working with someone, like... And and the thing, other thing you learn, like, in the studio over the years, that you know, musicians are hard-headed, but, like, look, everyone's got ideas, so... Look, if you say, look, try it like this, I will. I'll try it like that. If I don't, I can always go back to singing how I wrote it. Or if you want me to change the lyric, I'll change it because yeah. I can just go back and play it how the fuck I want after I leave. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> One of the things I like about the juice, too, is it's just like uh, it doesn't sound like it's an interesting in the Jack Johnson relationship. It doesn't sound like it's trying. And part of the reason it doesn't sound like it's trying is because it's not trying to sound hard or raw either but yet it's got that soul it does it doesn't it doesn't need to try to show you that it's got soul and in fact the soul reveals itself more because it's not acting like it's trying to show you that yeah it's like so to that to your point like uh actually someone's clarence was talking we were talking about with clarence like he was like you see, he's such an amazing vocalist. He's right? a great lyricist. Oh, too. He's, he's, uh, he's one of my favorite songwriters. Me too. Dude, I yeah. fucking love his songwriting. Me too. Man. And like, to, like him. And he's such an interesting performer because, yeah. especially his solo show, it's like, and it, you know, if you look at Clarence, again, like if I think about Clarence as a guitar player, well, you might say, oh, he can hardly play. Like, he don't even know how to tune the thing. He, he has his own made-up <laughs> tuning. I didn't know that. Yeah. He, it's, yeah that's funny. He has his own made-up tuning. But and like, but I, but who else can play, like, you know, Hurricane Waters when he performs a solo acoustic? He just has one string. Uh-huh. And his right hand is, is his pocket's so heavy. Yeah. It's like he's rocking the whole world with right. one string. Yeah. And, and uh, right. it's just interesting. That's true, because yeah. he, his solo acoustic shows, you know, He's another effortless dude. Effortless. Effortless. He's yeah, so real, man. Like, Clarence, Clarence like, so will make real. you feel like you're trying too hard. At, and and I think Absolutely. And he, but that's what I'm saying. He he himself, he was like, Yeah, I'm trying to like vo- on my vocal thing. Because he's helped me a lot with my vocal. He's like, on my vocal thing, I'm trying to not try so hard. That's he what said he that. says. He said that. That's so funny, dude. He said I, I, I've, yeah. been pu- I've, I've been I've been when I listen to Mega, it feels like I'm pushing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so um, hmm. and Kev Mo would be I like could probably take a note with that right now. Yeah, honestly. it's so, I'm trying to. It's so hard because it's you get excited. Yeah. So a lot of times that's why if you're in the studio and you're not feeling so great about a take, but then you listen back, oh, that's actually good because it's settled. You know. It's interesting because it reminds me of something you said on another podcast where I think it was with Michael Franti where you talked about your athletic career. And, oh yeah, yeah. And how in sports. 
you know when you win or lose, but in music you never really know because you can right, feel like yeah. you pooched a show yes. and somebody else will come up to you and be that like, that was, was the best show I've ever yeah. seen. You like, really <laughs> saved my life with that one. <laughs> you know? And you were like, really? I was just phoning that shit in. But for them, it connected. It, it, it was real. Like, yeah. it, And it's like, you know, it's legit. Well, all right, yeah, but I don't know if phone shit in, but like, but you know Not how it phone is. In, but, but you, you have know. a tough. But sometimes night, your mind will be, uh, you know, and yeah. you'll call it phone, or I'll think of it as phone, and even though I'm always trying. Yeah, well, like just coming back to the last night show at the City Winery, like mm -hmm. I, I feel like the first set was really good. Yeah, but I feel like the second show was like my shit. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, I tried my hardest on the first show, right? And we got it to where you know where it was gonna go, mm -hmm. but then the second show was into my shit. You know, I mean? yeah. so that's like the difference. But like, well, there's a, there's always an element of it that you that you know you're not in control of. Like, there's that transcendent thing that yeah. can happen. Yeah. Like, it's like yeah. make, making love or something. Yeah, like to put a point to it. It's yeah. like, you know, I mean, it's always good, but sometimes it transcends. Yeah, and you're not really in control of when that is. Right. Well, you need good the drugs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, drugs can help. No, but with live like, shows, depending <laughs> how many people are on stage and in the audience, every single person sees the show differently. Yeah, no. Because the mean, singer could say it sucked, the drummer could love it, the fan, right. this fan loved it, this fan thought you sucked. It's not, right. it's not, oh, uh, it's no consistency. Especially it's just my individual. Yeah. My drummer too, like he and I, not Chuck Jeff Clemens, the house man. Like he, he, we have this shit all the time because if we have. Like most of the time when I think we had the shittiest show ever, he'd be like, that was a fucking great show. Right. Everything was tight. I was like, are you kidding me? And then, we'll, that a lot. and then we'll come off like a euphoric festival show and it'd be like, you know, we fucking just crossed it. And he'd be like, what's wrong, Jeff? Oh, it fucking sucked. Right. Like, yeah. What? Did you not see what we just did? Man? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So subjective. So. Where do you live now? I live in Cape Cod. Cape Cod. At the end of a dirt road. Okay, so that's <laughs> so you made it then. Made it, man. You made it. Yeah. So is it like uh, it's it's a nice life away from people and like kind of safe and all this like craziness of this new world we're living in. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like we found our little piece of paradise and um, and uh, you know, it's funny for my wife and I to come down in New York City, which was like our favorite city in the world, and uh, you know, and we were gonna. We're just uh, just trying to debate whether we're going to, because we have the night off, so we're trying to debate whether we want to go home. My five-year-old's with my with his grandparents. Or whether we want to stay one more night in the city. And I think oh, we're going to just enjoy the whole day. And one then, more night. I know, but I'm just, no. you know, no, I mean, just, I, I don't know. We want to get, you know, wake up tomorrow yeah. at, at the hotel and then, you know, or wake up tomorrow. So. We home. love New York, but it's just like, yeah, but. Yeah, but well, we live in this place, and um, slept in a half down here. There's no one. There's no one around, especially during the pandemic, especially in Cape Cod in the wintertime. Like I'll be like outside, just naked, like hello. Don't hello you, do you hello. love it? Do you yeah, love it's it? Great, man. It sounds like bliss. Dude. It is, man. It's, I, I want to get out of New York, dude. Oh uh, yeah, we're like we're like. There's no one around us. I want to escape like this. Yeah. How did you ever live in the city or anything? Like I that? lived in the city my whole life in either Philly or Boston. And then, so how did you escape to Cape Cod? How'd you find that? Yeah, like when Aiden graduated high school, well, we had already had our house at the Cape by then, and we just sold our house in Boston. And uh, mm -hmm. we're just like, fuck it. I want to, when I'm not on the road, I want to be here, man. I don't, right. and now my taking Aiden to, I mean, Lewis to preschool is like the traffic on the twos. Oh, a turkey crossed the road. Oh, there's 
<laughs> no cars. No one's here, man. Like, my life is like opposite everyone. I get off the plane at Logan or whatever, and I'm driving down to Cape. And, you know, if it's Sunday, people are coming back to the city. And then, or if it's a winter time, see me, I'm driving down to Cape and there's no one. There's like, right. there's no car. Like, there's no one on the highway. It's like, there's nothing happening. Like, yeah. And then I'm like, what am I doing? And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. I got my, we got chickens and dogs and goats and Dude, you're kids. Gonna, you're gonna survive the madness. <laughs> I grow weed, I fucking nice. go to the garden, <laughs> I fucking go clamming, I go fishing. Too. Like you can, you can pretty much like live off the land up there for, for real. Bro, you might need to with the way this stuff is going. Look, you're dialed in, man. You've got it figured out, dude. You got, you got crypto. <laughs> no, you got I don't a, have a lot of crypto. Okay, but you got, I got a little bit. You got a little crypto. You got a farm. I mean, are you kidding me? You're like, you're, I got you're app, ready. Dude, I got apples, peaches, plums, nice. fucking pears, fucking weed. You Arugula, got, beans, corn, grow fucking potatoes, chickens. Wow. You got any room for people to come up with tents? Yeah, <laughs> we, do, we do. Asking for a friend, like literally. Because uh, what? Do you, so what? What's next for you, man? Like, so are you on tour now, or like, or is this? Is, are you just starting to play live shows again? Have you been off? Have you been doing live streams? What's What's been the story? We since June. I like you know March through June. Everything was online, and then we. Got a call to play a graduation party for seven people in Orleans, where we live. So we said, "Should we do this? All right, well, fucking, we'll go do it." So we did it, and if, you know, and then we started doing. I, uh, I hooked up with Bose, so I'm like a Bose ambassador now. Nice. And uh, we have this amazing PA. The the. Um, now you're the, the one the, with the, the nice Pro, Bose PA. Yeah, yeah the Bose, the Bose L32. Yeah, the L32 Pro. Can with I get the S2 sub? Yes. Can I get a like? What do you call it? Artist, the artist yeah, price. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm really ask you about that. Yeah. No. For real. And we're okay. looking for sponsors for the pods with Bose. Oh yeah. Too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but they're great, man. And um, but anyhow, the PA. So long story short, I, Is I it battery operated. Like it. Well, it. Yes and no, not the, not the big rig, but uh, there yeah. are smaller rigs. But yeah. it, the whole thing runs on one plug. I'm not a tech guy. I have this shit set up. So we come, we do backyard parties. Nice. And we've been doing this shit since uh, since June. Wow. Uh, we've been working pretty steadily. Like we did all the Northeast during the temperate months, and then we went down to Florida, where they never even heard there was a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I mean, you went down there. People are wide open, like I'm way too early. I'm thinking about moving down there. Well, <laughs> if, if you don't want to wear a face mask, you're going to the right place. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah. And then we just then we went to Cali and did it. And then now we're cranking wow. back up here. We just, that's what we we we. So yeah. So we've been working steady. Actually, I was joking last night. I was like, wow, because this weekend we had two real shows. We played the Ardmore Music Hall in Philly, and then See two more. shows last night. And I was like, wow. I, I finally got into a real venue. Now I'm so fucking exhausted. I want to take a fucking vacation. Shit's starting to open up again. I'm like fried. Uh, <laughs> oh, so are you booking these like uh, backyard parties yourself? My like, wife. Or your wife is. She's like. like how's, she do, how's she doing it? She puts out feelers or. We just post on the socials. And okay. then, you know, we're going to be. Like, oh, we'll be around here. Does anybody want to yeah. do it? Okay. And then people email gloveshows at gmail.com. Okay. Gloveshows at gmail.com. And she like you know she talks to the clients because people just poke then, around and then they ask out. how much it's going to cost yeah. to get you and, yeah and um yeah well 
Yeah, you don't have to say how anyone much. Anyone listening, just throw in two cases of wine. <laughs> I mean, anyone listening, I'll do it for one Ethereum. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, will. You I'll, know, do. I'll probably do it for less than that, to be honest, at this point. That's, well, that's, that's a lot of money that, now. That's, that's four Gs. That's right, yeah. It's almost so, so. I'll probably do it for... You can give me a half of one. I'm trying to tell Kelsey to I'll accept go. crypto, but she's she's not wrapping her head around Be the that. First yeah. Although she does, do yes. Although she does have, because I'm like, we can accept it. All you gotta do is pe- just fucking have people fucking share. I might, this I really might use the utilize this idea because, like I said, I I got the farmer foot drum. Yo, and bro, I got the fucking cube. Excuse my French. I got the yeah. cube battery operated thing. And you know what else I've been doing? And I got this national dobro, right? Oh, so yeah. I've been doing the foot drum. For some reason, the national, mm. want, the foot drum wants the national oh. with it. And then I've been singing out of that harmonica mic, the, the little, bullet, the bullet. Yeah. And I never did that before. Okay. But I love That's the way cool. it, I love the way it sounds. Yeah. It just makes it sound like so like that. I like that raw. amount of distortion and that yeah. raw thing. And I'm like, can I just sing off this mic the whole time? Yeah. Like everything, yes, everything you can. Sounds good off yeah. of this. Like, yeah. Through that little PA, it's not sonically I, correct though. And I plug, I plug the bullet into the guitar part of it, like so it gets even a little bit more crunchy, and just play the guitar through the clean thing. I put a mic in front of the foot drum bass pedal. Okay, and dude, it sounds like it sounds hot, man. It sounds like in some ways better than anything else I've done. Cut it. Yeah. Well, dude, I that's how I like got. So I used to, uh, especially when we first started. I would always sing through a bullet, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and I had this really kooky one. It was like called an Argon, but I have like the the um, the shore the green bullet yeah. is like the go to one that you can buy yeah. any, any day. So, that, so, but that was my vocal sound, like, and that was the vocal sound on my first record. Run that bullet, was just a bullet. No bullet through like an amp, like through an old tube amp, like an amp peg. And then also a C12 mic, which is like a super high tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to it, so like that was the sound. The amp in the room while we're cutting right. with the vocal, so that's getting bleed, and then it's ah, clear sound, yeah. and it blended the two. Nice. So like to your point, the sing through the the bullet is like it get you, you get off on it, right? You it, get off, yeah. It's, it's like just, it's, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's that Julian Casablanca. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he's brought that shit. He's got the killer vocal distortion, yeah. but he's not using that bullet. But when I use the bullet, it reminds me of that sound. It's that just cool. It's just, yeah. It's cool. It's not too distorted. It's not like aggressively distorted. Yeah. It's just distorted in a way that's going to like bring out the cool character of your yeah, vocal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's really good. That's awesome, man. It was super inspiring to talk to you, dude. Yeah, thank you. Me yeah, too. Yeah, thanks for coming in and doing this. And it's great. And uh, well, I can't wait to. Well, we got to do some jams now. Hey, man, listen. <laughs> for sure. I'll, I'll definitely. We got to do I, some I, paintings I, too, I, man. I would love your to. Paintings are sick. Let's go out on the road together sometime. Okay. Man. Like do a show together. Yeah. I would love. Be honored. It would be great. Just come to one of the backyards. Love in to the do area. It. Yeah. Yeah, but the backyard shit is no joke. So yeah, that's. I'll film I don't even know if I want to go back to the shit we've been doing. Like, I want to just, I don't know, I do, but right now, but actually, I for the rest mean, of the. Though, that, I want to get an RV. I want to, like, tell people about backyard shows. I want to, like, it's go, fun, man. I just want to do it like that. Man. And, like, I'm just, like, we're just going to do big shit and, and privates and pop ups this summer. Like, we just took off all, like, the kind of club, clubby kind of stuff and just going to do. 
big shit. So and you, so you and promote it on socials. You say like, okay, we're gonna be here and here and here, and just yeah. reach out if you're interested, and, and we can work it out. And yeah, because also you don't you, you play at people's houses, and what you're doing is you're making a, a, the strongest, even a more connection. strong connection with your fans. That's true. And it's not like it's gonna saturate your market. No, you just got. There's one person, there's one couple that love you so much mm-hmm. that they're willing to kick down your fee and have 20 to 50, 25 or 30 or 40 so people to their house. And then there's people from the house or from the neighborhood that half of them probably never heard of you and half of them leave as your biggest fucking fans. Right. And then, you know, you just solidify your fan base and you have no exposure because your tickets aren't for sale. Right. Right. That you're not playing a venue. So it's like you're, and also no one's putting it music industry fingers in your fucking no one's yeah. meddling in your, in your ticket <laughs> right. sales right. exactly so but yeah we gotta figure out the nft uh ticket sales but uh, copes yeah. copes way ahead of it he's, he's doing cope, it man. dude it's he, funny because Kev- <laughs> he's dialed it in man kevmo was at the winery last week he i know here this week and cope is coming in a week i know i'm taking a piss i said i'm like hey we're clarence getting, we're, we're, hey, we're, getting, we're getting clarence back on this pod yeah. Next week or something. Like oh, that. we're we're gonna we're gonna shake down the whole and I'll I'll get all the NFT. Okay, you're gonna get info. it out of him. He's yeah. not gonna say shit. And I'll send you the link. Uh, I'll send you the link. No, he will. He I'll will. Get, <laughs> he knows I've seen him in Clubhouse. Okay. He knows I know. He knows I've been looking at him. He knows. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, listen. All right, man. Thanks, Thank man. Thank God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Everybody, man, check out G Love. And uh, the juice, yo, the, uh, the juice is a great album, and it, your Instagram is at Philly at Philly G Love, and then at G Love on Twitter, G Love and Special Sauce on Facebook, and philadelphonic.com. And my and my my NFT is is on Rarible, and it's, still get it's, it. it's it's for sale still. Get it cheap before he explodes. <laughs> yo, go get that. That's a hot tip. Snap it up. Says, yeah, all right, Snap. everybody. Shout out to Philly. Ten Ethereum going once. <laughs> so, later, later everybody. Yeah, he's got, he's in on Ten it. Ten Ethereum, here we got a deal. <laughs> later, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.